Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in. WIP Daily for a May 3rd. Joe Giglio with you. lot to get into um, on a really big day in Philadelphia sports. Obviously, Bryce Harper returning last night. It's going to be Joel Embiid. We'll see if he plays um, in game number two and how it goes to the Sixers and, of course, the NFL draft. Uh, watch out for Nolan Smith on the midday show uh, coming up on Wednesday. But I-, I want to get into the lineup stuff with the Phillies today because it's it's really interesting. I, I think lineup construction is so fun to debate. Now, the merits of how much it actually means, how much it makes a difference in terms of run scoring over the course of a full season, probably not as much you know as we think it does, but it is fun to debate. And last night, Bryce Harper returned, dud for the Phillies. Bryce looked rusty, not, not a surprise on that part. But moving forward with this lineup and how Rob Thompson sets it up, I, I have a preference. I know all you guys have a preference. We saw the way he did it, which was very similar to what I put out on Tuesday, um, with the exception of, of where Marsh and Stott were, but it's, it's very similar. So... I'm going to go through three possible lineup combinations that I think we could see over the course of the season. It's all fluid, of course, but um, I'll just start with this before I get into my three possible combinations, the pros and cons of each. I like Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff spot. Like when I envision this Phillies lineup, I want to attack the opposing pitcher off the jump of the game, Schwarber, Turner, Harper. Boom, 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 when they're all going. Boom, boom, boom. I, I think that brings you the best combination of all the best things in this Phillies lineup right at the top. And I know a lot of people hate the idea of Schwarber in the leadoff spot, which is funny to me, because they literally went to the World Series last year with Kyle Schwarber as their leadoff hitter. Like, we talk about, like, you can't win like that. Well, they did. They won the National League last year with Kyle Schwarber hitting leadoff. But that, that being said, um, just quickly, here's what, Topper did last night, just so we're all on the same page. Topper went Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Castiano, Stott, Real Muto, Bohm, Marsh, Sosa on Tuesday night. Now, I don't get the the Stott in the middle lineup thing. I mean, that, that is weird to me. I, I'd either have him at the, at the top or the bottom. So here's how I would do it. I put this out on Tuesday. I go Schwarber, one, Turner, two, Harper, three, Castiano's four, Marsh, five, JT, six, Boehm 7, Stott 8, Sosa 9. My my rationalization here and why I like this lineup. Number one, let's just go through the Schwarber and Stott you know, debate on who should be the leadoff hitter. I, I think we've overrated Bryson Stott to start this season. Not that he hasn't grown. Not that he's not, not an exciting young player. Obviously he is. I'm a big fan of Bryson Stott. And I actually think he's been way better at defensively at second base than short. He he could be, you know, potentially a gold glover down the line at second base. I, I'm a big fan of the kid. But offensively, as a leadoff hitter, 
the only thing he provides is is singles. I mean, he's not hitting for significant power. You know, as we look at his stats heading into May 3rd, Bryson Stott is slugging 405. Okay, his OBP is 336. He's hitting 305. He has six walks on the season. Everything is derived from singles. Okay, he has two home runs, and he has a total of the nine extra base hits. I mean, really, his... His season is 31 singles. That's why he's hitting 305. He doesn't walk. So if and it's it for power. So if he's not hitting singles, like he has to carry a 300 or better batting average the entire year to justify hitting near the top of the lineup because let's just play it out based on his walk rate. If he doesn't if he hits 285, which is fine. That that's a nice batting average. His OBP is is going to be, you know, barely over 300, like 316. Or whatever, like you know, three oh six. You know, it's going to be in the in the three ten range. Put it that way. It's not going to be high enough to bat at the top of the order. So I, I'd rather have some umph up there. Schwarber, despite a batting average hundred points lower, basically is the same OBP. So you're getting some umph and basically the same times on base. Yeah, he strikes out more, but Stott doesn't strike out a little amount of time either. I mean, Bryson Stott, you know, for a leadoff hitter, for all we love about him, and he does work pitching and all that. His strikeout rate is, you know, it's. 18.3%. It's not super low. You know, it's not one of the best, not like single digits or 11%. It's, it's there, right? It's a decent strikeout, right? Obviously, Schwarber strikes out more, but that doesn't bother me because at least there's some umph to it. Very similar OBPs. So I like the idea of going Schwarber 1, Turner, who we saw at the home run on Tuesday, sandwich in between the lefties, gets him favorable matchups against left-handed pitching, Harper 3, Castellanos 4 because he's elevated himself back to that with the way he's hit this season. I've given him a lot of credit. I was very critical last year. I was I doubted he bounced back. So far, it's been a significant bounce back for Castellanos. So I like that. One, two, three, four. Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Castellanos. I put Marsh five to break up the righties, to keep the righty-lefty thing going. And we can't ignore what Marsh has done. He, he's been, by OPS, their best offensive player this year. And I think smack dab in the middle is a good spot for him. JT six. I think JT is very versatile, and he's, he's really a good player to have in a lineup like this because you can almost justify hitting him anywhere. He's not perfect anywhere, but he's he's good anywhere. I'll put it that way. He's him six in my lineup. Alec Bohm seven. Bohm's really cooled down from that hot start. Um, it's just, it's fine. I'll put it that way. Alec Bohm has been fine. He's certainly been a, in a, you know, a positive, but not a negative, but also not overwhelming. Like he's going to be in the all-star game, maybe the way we thought two weeks ago. So Alec Bohm, seven, Stott, eight. And this is, this is strictly for righty-lefty stuff. Like, you know, I know Topper at Stott, five. I don't get that at all on on, on Tuesday. But I like Stott, eight. It, it's just kind of length is the lineup. And, and at the bottom, you can't breathe. With JT, six, Bohm, seven, Stott, eight. And then I've obviously... Sosa 9. Um, in my mind, Sosa's the everyday third baseman. That's kind of the way this has played out until Bryce could get to first base. Uh, Bohm at first, Sosa at third. So my ideal lineup, Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Castellanos, Marsh 5, JT 6, Bohm 7, Stott 8, Sosa 9. Uh, Topper with the idea, like I don't get why you'd want to put Marsh towards the bottom. He's been an impact hitter, and then you'd want to put Stott in the middle when he there's no umph. It's just singles. I mean, I guess he's thinking runners on base. He knocks him in. We'll see if it works out over time. But that's my lineup. Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Castellanos, Marsh, JT, Bohm, Stott, Sosa. All right, let me give you a couple other potential iterations here um, for everyone out there who wants something different. Now, I, I, I did also play around with the idea that the only worry about this is stacking lefties. But I played around with the idea of, of keeping it pretty much the same except sw- switching Harper and Turner. So Schwarber one, Harper two, Turner three. I don't love that. I, I could see them doing it at some point, maybe against some 
lefties. Um, but I look at it like this. You know, I don't even know, you know, if it's a lefty-righty thing. It just, it just could be a different way to kind of stack this up, get more plate appearances for Bryce Harper. It's a complicated... Schwarber's complicated because if he's not hitting one, how far do you drop him down? We discussed this on the on the show the other day, and you got to worry about separating righty lefty, and that's why although Schwarber Harper one two could work, and and maybe you put Harper in the two spot and then Turner three where he hit a lot with the Dodgers. There's like there's some awkwardness. Like people want to turn it about leadoff. He hasn't hit well this year to begin with, and two, you know, then you're stacking the lefties two three or one two. Like you if you're if Turner's on in between Schwarber Harper, I think it makes it awkward. And as far as and I've heard some people say, well, he clogs the bases, Schwarber, and you can't run if you're, if you're ter- Trey Turner. First of all, Trey Turner has only attempted four steals the entire year. So he's not really running that much anyway. We're a month into the season, he's attempted four steals. I mean, do the math. He's going to attempt 24 steals this year? I mean, he's got to run on his own. I mean, it, it, the Schwarber thing just happened yesterday. He's not running. So he's not getting on base enough, and he's also not running much. So I, I don't think it's right now as big a part of his game as we want, maybe think it should be or want it to be. So that's, that's one. Two, I think we're kind of losing the big picture here, right? Let's play it out. Like the idea of Turner on, on after Schwarber. And oh no, he's going to clog the bases. Okay, well, let's say it's Schwarber on first, Turner gets a singular walks, right? So it's first and second. Oh, he can't run. Schwarber's in front of him. Guys, if it's runners on first and second, nobody out for Bryce Harper, they have an outstanding run scoring opportunity already. Like they don't need to run to get a run scoring opportunity. They're already in a run scoring opportunity with two runners on. So another iteration could be to switch Harper and Schwarber one, two. I don't love it. My, my lineup, I, I like Schwarber, Turner, Harper. But here's one that I saw was pretty popular. Um, and it would kind of, I think, appease everyone who wants to keep things status quo and doesn't like Schwarber five, uh, one. Here's another iteration possible down the line if they want to put stop back to leadoff. Stott one, Turner two, Harper three, Castellanos four, Schwarber five, Real Muto six, Marsh seven, Bohm eight, Sosa nine. Now, that probably excites you more than maybe the lineup I put out, at least based on some of the reaction I saw yesterday. But here's why I don't love it. Number one, as we went over, Stott is really not an impactful hitter at this point of his career. He's a singles hitter who work, works pitches. I, I, I mean, what he pre- brings to the offense is valuable in terms of grinding pitchers, working them, a lot of pitches per plate appearance, but it's not manifesting itself in a gigantic on-base percentage. Again, he's everything he's doing is being carried by a 300 average, which is probably unsustainable. If I had a guess based on, on the player that Stott is right now, the profile of the hitter, I would guess he's going to end the year in the 280 range, 285, which, again, would be good. But if you're combining that with not many walks not super low strikeout rate, and not much power, I don't think that's a guy you put at the top of your order. I don't want that to get more plate appearances than anyone over the course of the season. But you want to keep it? All right, Stott 1, Turner 2, Harper 3, Cassiano Schwarber 5, Real Muto 6, Marsh 7, Bohm 8, Sosa 9. Now, a couple of other issues I have with this potential lineup. Marsh has been their best offense player this year. Now we're dropping him to 7. I mean, in my lineup, he's 5. In Topper's lineup yesterday, he's, he's towards the bottom. In this lineup, he's 7. I don't like that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm wasting impact from Marsh for why? I mean, there's no really reason to do it other than, well, we got a bat stop, top of the order. He's a classic leadoff hitter. Well, okay, but I don't know if that leads to the most runs scored for the team. So that's the other thing. And then Bohm, I just, man, eight for Alec Bohm feels too low. I have him seven in my ideal lineup. Eight feels a little bit too low. So, so those issues worry me. And then to go back to the Schwarber thing with five versus one versus wherever the heck you want to hit him. So I actually think Kyle Schwarber is off to a better start that we're giving him credit for based on his own track record. 
Okay, we know June Schwarber's a monster. He already has seven home runs. So let's just say, you know, he has an okay May. Yeah, he has five home runs in May. Whatever. Four home runs in May. Five, let's just say four or five, right? He ends May with 12 or 13, you know, between 11 and 13 home runs. We know his track record says he's going to hit 10 or 12 in June. Like, we're going to be at the midway point. He's going to be at 25 home runs. I don't want to, I don't want to waste, as, as they, I think they're going to try to settle into a lineup here without, uh, with Bryce Harper back. I don't want to waste June Schwarber at five when I could lead off every game and get the most plate appearances, right? Because over the course of a season, whoever hits one, whoever, hits, you know, you play it out and it's like, I think, I think at one point the data was like, or if you leave a lineup alone all year long, Every spot in the order, if you just leave it every day, like the same one through nine, the one hitter will get, let's say, 50 more plate appearances than, you know, the two, and then so on and so forth, right? So over the course of a long time, you get more plate appearances for your top guys. It's it's why not just day-to-day, but long-term, you keep your best guys at the top because you want to get them the most plate appearances over the course of the season. I don't want to waste June Schwarber hitting five or six because that guy's going to get electric hot in the middle of, of the, or the beginning of the summer. Like he always seems to do. He did it here in Philadelphia last year. I don't want to waste that. So again, you know, I know why people like Stott and it's like that classic, like this is the way it used to be with leadoff hitters with Stott and Turner and they're fast and they're scrappy. I don't care about any of that. Could you get on base and do you hit for pop? That's what I want with the guys that are near the top of the order. And if you're fast, great. Like Trey Turner, you're, you're five to a player, even better. But I think for this team, as they try to settle in here, my ideal lineup is Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Castellanos, Marsh, JT, Boom, Stott, Sosa. Obviously, you know, sometimes there'll be a platoon change or JT will sit because he's a catcher. Like this is not going to be every single day, but I would do that. And Schwarber, Turner, Harper is how I want to start my order every day. And then we'll go from there. You know, we'll see who's sitting, who's hurt, who's banged up, whatever. But I, I think Topper's got the right idea. I felt good when the lineup came out Wednesday, despite the Marsh-Stott thing. That's weird to me. I don't understand Stott 5. But I felt good that his head's in the space of Schwarber, Turner, Harper. Because I think it really, and I think it will help get the best out of Turner, who's had a really difficult start to his Phillies career, just unimpactful at the plate, home run, on, on Tuesday night and Bryce return. I think, especially late in the game, like they're going to bring a lefty in, the opponent, to face Schwarbert and Harper. They have to. Well, that, I mean, Turner's going to crush that lefty. And then, ideally, Castellanos will be able to crush that lefty. You bring a lefty in to face Schwarber, he walks him. Turner, boom. Harper, who always handles lefties better than I think we give him credit for, boom. Castellanos, always better against lefties. Like, that's, you're, you're just baiting the opponent into a bad situation. That's why I like it. Um, lineup construction is always... So it's always so wild how strong the opinions are. And then you look over the years and, and what baseball people really think, like, does it really matter that much? I don't know. I mean, I think we all could say, yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Here's what I do now. It's going to be a constant discussion on WIP based on how Schwarber's hitting, how Stott's hitting, and how the team is is going. Because they've been feast or famine. The goal at some point here has got to try to be a little bit more consistency with the offense and getting some more runs on the board over the course of time. Plus, I mean, this is independent of this discussion. That pitch has got to get going. I mean, the pitching has really been more of the problem this year than the offense, and that even is with the feast or famine days that they've had. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Hopefully the Phillies can um, get themselves righted again after you know three straight losses here Sunday in, in Houston, and then, of course, a couple in L.A. It's a tough road trip. If they, if they could get out with a, uh, let's say, 3-3, three and three, they win the final and they come home for Boston, uh, I think good vibes as Bryce Harper is back and... Um, and, and obviously adds and, and lengthens this lineup so much. That, that is the silver lining as we end this. The silver lining is, look how deep it is. When I'm putting Bohm or you're putting Marsh or Stott or whoever, eight, 
a pretty darn deep lineup. It'll be fun to watch. I like it. Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Castellanos, Marsh, JT, Bohm, Stott, Sosa. That would be my ideal lineup. Hit me up. Let me know yours at Joe Gilio Sports on Twitter. You could always email me, joe.gilio at odyssey.com. Stay connected. Obviously, stay tuned to the WIP Daily Feed. Follow it wherever you get your podcasts. We'll put the best of the best on WIP on your feed every single day. Thank you, as always, for listening.